Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Who would win in a fight? A dog or an alien? <laughs> we'll be finding out the answer to that. It's kind of a rhetorical question if you think about it. And then we meet two young girls who have an obsession with a popular artist. Using a black magic spell they found on the internet, is it possible that they brought Andy Warhol back to life? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys have some cool plans for the weekend. We got a ton of stuff to cover, so let's go ahead and get started right now. Walking into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our Christmas live stream contributors. Everyone give it up for Thought Not. Woohoo, yeah! Come on in, Thought Not. Walk on into Dead Rabbit Command. Thought Not, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally get it. Trust me, I do. Just help spread the word about the show. That helps out so much. Get the word out. Let people know that your favorite podcast is Dead Rabbit Radio. Even if it's not, even if you like three or four podcasts more, just tell them I'm your favorite. Thought Not, let's go ahead and toss you the bunny bicycle. We're going to pedal on out of Dead Rabbit Command. No popping wheelies. Take us all the way out to... North Carolina. I'm still trying to find a good sound effect for the bicycle. We might have to get rid of the bunny bike until I can come up. At least that one, those are the little gears squeaking. Maybe I should just do the sound of a card going, you know, through the spokes or something like that. We'll figure it out. Or we'll or we'll get rid of it. We're headed out to Mount Airy in North Carolina. It's February 1981, and it's kind of late at night. And there's a farm out near Mount Airy, and at this farm is a farmer. And he is doing his duty. What he's doing right now is he's actually milking his cows, which seems weird. I don't know anything about farm life, right? Watched a couple documentaries, Babe, Charlotte's Web. But other than that, like, I don't know. Like, do people, I thought people woke up, like, super early, the butt crack of dawn, and went out and was milking cows then. But apparently, (laughs) I didn't know this. Apparently, he can do it any time during the day. Maybe he slept in. And then he decided, oh, wait, all that, but do milk, does milk go bad in a cow's udder? Like, what if you wait too long to milk it? Anyways, all that stuff is easily researchable, but I'm too busy looking up UFO stories. This farmer, we're going to call him Billy. This farmer is out there late at night. He's milking his cow. It doesn't say like two in the morning or something like that. I'm assuming it's like eight, 
that still seems really <laughs> still seems really late to be walking around a farm. But again, I don't know anything about farms. He's milking his cow, and he has his good old hunting dog by his side. We're going to call his hunting dog a Jasper. So Billy's sitting there getting some milk in a tin pail. All of a sudden, Jasper starts to bark really loudly. And starts to run around all over him. He's like knocking over the milk. He's like, oh no, my milk, I needed those nutrients. The dog's running around, and Billy realizes something's wrong. Jasper doesn't normally act like this. And Jasper's like sniffing the ground and then takes off. Just runs out in the darkness. And Billy's like, Jasper, no. So Billy goes out after his dog and he sees a little puppy like running up to the top of a hill. Oh, dang that dog. I better drink some milk for energy to climb that hill. Glug, 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 glug. He's like, Popeye. He, he runs up the hill and he sees his dog standing over a fallen figure. He's like, oh, what in the world's that? Jasper, get away from that thing. And what it is, it's a little humanoid. It's this little pink-skinned creature with a big head, large, round eyes. Imagine one of those precious moment figurines, but terribly mauled. Imagine one of those little kids, but all ripped up. It's a pink skin, large head, no nose or mouth. And it's wearing a light-colored robe. And it's just laying there. Because uh, uh, Jasper got into this dude. Jasper smelled this guy from quite a ways away and ran up this hill. And is greeting our extraterrestrial visitors with a good old bite of its jaws. Arr! This little dude's laying there. Billy's looking at this. He has no idea what it is. He figures it's, you know, not human. And its arms and legs are all chewed up. And it's just laying there going, uh. And 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 whether here's the thing, like if you came across with an alien like that in that condition, what are you gonna do? Like if it was a human, you could call nine one one, right? What are you gonna do for a little alien, bro? Right? They got all chewed up. So uh, he left. Billy <laughs> just got his dog, went away. It actually kind of scared him. He grabbed his dog. He drove into town. Here's one of those odd details that makes me think the story is true. Because generally, fake stories are very clean. You have a through line to them. This is how this story goes. He gets his dog, drags him to the truck, drives into town, drives back to the farm, drops his dog off. Jasper gets dropped off at the farm. And then Billy drives himself to spend the night in a motel. Now, if it was fictional, it would just be like, oh, he went back and he went to sleep or he, him and his he took his dog to town, but his dog got loose or whatever, because the dog's going to play an important part on this next thing. In a real story, this would make sense. He gets his dog, he goes into town, he goes to the motel, and he said, you can't bring your dog with you, dude. You can't have a dog in a hotel room, fine. Because he doesn't want to stay the night at his house. It, it's spooky, right? Something, Something's up there. So then he has to drive back and drop his dog off. It's little details like that that make stories, make them more believable. I read a ton of stuff all the time, and I'm like, it's fake. Like, even the skeptical side of me, I do have a skeptical side when I read a bunch of this stuff, but you just start to develop a pretty good BS meter. Now, it's not foolproof, it's not foolproof, right? Lone Pine Devils, I was wrong. The high school episode I did recently, I was misled. So, it's not foolproof, but for the most part, like, it's little details like that that make you, oh, there might actually be some truth to that, because it's, it's a messy part of the story. Anyways... So, no dogs allowed at the hotel. He then drops his dog off at the farm where this alien creature just got mauled. And Billy's too scared to stay there. So, he goes to the hotel, motel, 
Holiday Inn to spend the night. And then the next morning he comes back and he walks up to the hill. The first thing he does is he goes to the hill and the creature is gone. Billy's like, well, okay. I don't know if he moved on his own power. <laughs> Probably not. His legs are pretty damaged. Maybe someone got him. I don't know. It's spooky. but And then he goes to his farm and there he finds Jasper dead. And a couple of Billy's cows had gone missing. I found that story on ThinkAboutItDocs.com, one of my favorite resources for this podcast. They got it from an article written by Gray Barker. <laughs> the dog himself wrote it like right before he died. He's like typing out his memoirs. He's like, this is what's happening. Please don't. Gray Barker. He wrote this article in UFO Annual 1981, a UFO journal back in the time. It's interesting because think about it. Docs.com added a little addition to this uh, in parentheses. They go, was there any autopsy on the animal? Which is an interesting quote. I had, I didn't think about that until I finished <laughs> reading it and saw that sentence. I go, yeah. I mean, that would make sense. Like, they don't know how the dog died. The dog was just dead. Yeah. You know, did you take it to the vet and say, hey, can you find out what happened to my dog? And vet's looking. He's like, it looks like he ate. <laughs> Ate a couple arms and legs last night. Is that is that pink flesh in there? Yeah, yeah, forget the flesh. Let's pretend that he didn't maul someone or something last night. Can you tell me how my dog died? And the the doctor could like cut it open and be like, well, all the organs are in the right place. And there's <laughs> a really bad doctor. That's the only thing he knows how to check is where the organs are. But yeah, so how did the dog die? I mean, obviously the implication is that the alien bros came back. <laughs> they showed up and they found their little dude laying there. With his little cloak on, and they're like, Cyrus, Cyrus, are you okay? And he's like, please carry me back to the mothership. Please put me in the Regenitron. And they take him in, and then as he's like floating in some see-through tube, and his limbs are getting strong again, he's like, he's like the first thing he does with his new arms is he's like punching, punching his hand. He goes, guys, we need to even the score. That dog down there chewed me up, man. And while they're down there killing this dog... They just take a couple cows. So that's basically the payment. You made us use the Regenitron. You know how much energy that thing uses? We're going to steal a couple of your cows. And don't come looking for us. On <laughs> the other side of the Alpha Centauri Nebula. It's not like Billy had access to intergalactic warp drive. But an interesting story nonetheless. Real world consequences of encountering alien life. So many times people are abducted and they don't remember it. Or they're abducted and they remember it and they have horrifying nightmares. I mean, that's pretty bad. Or they have implants and stuff like that. But Stories where people die, animals die encountering aliens. I don't think we hear a lot of them because I don't think people survive them. I think these one-off encounters with aliens, like if the farmer just died of a heart attack that night, right? They would have been like, oh no, Billy, now where are we going to get our milk for the town? And then <laughs> they just go to the store, they go to the store, they're like, whoa, grocery store sell milk? Would have been chalked up to a horrible accident, right? And there wouldn't have been no witness to finding the little guy up on that because they were coming gun form right the implication is they came back to the farm later and killed the dog and took some cows and if billy had been there he would have been dead too i think there probably are more stories of people dying at the hands of alien invaders but we don't hear about it because there's no one to tell that story but in this case there was a survivor luckily for us but jasper we will always honor you for being the first dog that we know of to mutilate an alien. This week has been really heavy on dog stories. I hope that's not foretelling something. I hope I'm not going to have a close encounter with it. Dog's jaws. 
Thought not, let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the Carpenter Copter. We are leave me behind North Carolina. We're headed out to a high school. Speaking of high schools, I'm going to do a very quick dead rabbit recommends. And I have to keep it quick. I could honestly talk about this movie for the next 30 minutes, but I won't. Oh, punish the people on the Discord with that. The Patreon Discord. I've already started posting stuff. Long time ago, I did a Dead Rabbit Recommends on the Disney movie Zombies. It was a musical about brain-eating zombies who had to wear control collars to keep them from eating people's brains. And they were right next door to this gated community. And it really was a story about race relations in America. Like, humanity had become post-racial. That wasn't an issue anymore because everyone hated the zombies. They had found a common enemy. The zombies are like, hey, we can't help it. Like, we can't help it. We got this nuclear radiation on us, and now all of our kids are zombies too. We just want to be just like you. And it's this bizarre musical that that's the central theme, but there's all of these weird underlying things like Zed, who's the lead zombies, this dancing groove in zombies, <laughs> constantly on the verge of eating people's brains. And he realizes that he can adjust his control collar. It's actually like a watch, but... And it gives him superhuman strength. And he tries out for the football team and he's throwing people like 30, 40 yards. And it's really, then it becomes an allegory on like performance enhancing drugs. Like, would it be fair? He, he wanted to be the first zombie to ever play high school football. And the reason why you can't do it is because it's not fair. You're extremely powerful. And then he starts losing control. And there's like, they have these bizarre musical sequences. I remember when I watched it, I thought, this movie cannot get any weirder. And then the next scene would start. You're like, what is going on? And I absolutely loved it. It was so weird. Then they came out with Zombies 2, which I did not do a Dead Rabbit Recommends on. I watched that. I bought it the day it came out. So the first one was pretty much the other, right? It was humans versus the other. In the second movie, they clarified that the zombies are supposed to represent, like, black culture in America. Because the second one, they bring in indigenous culture. Werewolves. We were here before the humans got here. We were living in caves the whole time. We didn't even know we were here. So these werewolves jump out and they're dancing around. And again, it has this really, really bizarre commentary because the werewolves just go, hey, can we start going to school here? And the administrator's like, yeah, sure, you can, you can come here. And the zombies are like, it took us 15 years to even be able to set foot in this school. That was a part of the first movie. Like, it was the very first year zombies could go to high school. And they just get to come in, and the administrator's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And so you had, like, this antagonism between these two different minority groups. And then Addison, who is the lead love interest, who's in love with the zombie, she all of a sudden becomes super obsessed with the werewolves and their culture and starts dressing like them and believing she is the savior of their people. And I'm like, dude, this is a Disney Channel movie. What is going on? And she's saying, I'm prophesized to help the werewolves. I was a werewolf all along. There is a prophecy about this woman who's supposed to save the werewolves. I'm talking about this way longer than I wanted to, but there's a prophecy about this person who's going to save the werewolves. And Addison goes, that's me. 
And everyone's like, that's not you. And it's, she's like, no, 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 that's me. I'm going to save the indigenous people. And it really plays on like the white savior trope. And at the ending, she goes to use this magical power to save the indigenous people's moonstone. And it doesn't work. She wasn't the prophesied one. And everything blows up. At the end of that movie, everyone is worse off than they were at the beginning. But they're still singing and dancing. It's super bizarre, but I didn't like it as much. The music wasn't that good. So at the end of that one, it turns out that Addison wasn't a werewolf. <laughs> like, Jason, I really don't care. Get to the Andy Warhol story. Quit holding me hostage. Addison was not a werewolf, but at the end, she goes, well, if I'm not a werewolf and I'm not, I don't fit in with the humans because she has white hair. She never feels like she fit in. Who do I, what group do I belong to? And as she's going to bed, a UFO shows up. And I'm like, oh my God, are they going to talk about illegal immigrants in the next one? We've already talked about indigenous culture being wiped out. We've talked about an oppressed group of people living right next door and having curfew and dress codes. And it's like this prison camp that they live in. So I was like, are they actually going to do a story about illegal immigrants in Zombies 3? But I was like, they're not going to make a Zombies 3, right? I was lucky enough to get Zombies 2. Well, on July 15th, Zombies 3 dropped. And it is fantastic. Dead Rabbit recommends Zombies 3. And I remember going, oh my God, I just found out they're going to make this movie. And is it going to be about illegal immigrants coming and then the indigenous people and the minority, like the oppressed group, and then the humans, are they all going to hate the illegal immigrants for like taking their jobs and things like that? Taking their places in college? The movie's about about whether or not Bonzo can get a driver's license or whether or not Zed can impress a counselor to be the first monster to go to college. It starts off with him saying, if I win the football game tonight, I get a full scholarship to college. And I was like, what? And the movie flies by at a clip. They do talk a little bit about like the illegal immigrants. The aliens come in and they do better on all the tests and they're the best cheerleaders in the galaxy because they're flying around the stage. They have alien powers. I was like, obviously they're going to win. And then they completely abandon that theme and it's pretty much... Can the UFO take off? Addison is an alien. She's the granddaughter of an alien. Fantastic movie. I Dead Rabbit recommends highly Zombies 3. And I'll tell you right now, you don't have to watch all of them. If you're looking for a absolutely bizarre movie to put on in the background while you're just chilling, Zombies, if, especially I think if you watch Zombies 3 and didn't watch any of the other two, you're like, this is random nonsense. Absolutely fascinating. Dead Rabbit recommends the entire zombie trilogy if you have six hours to spare. But if not, Zombies 3. Zombies 3 is just so weird. And I love it. And I thank you for letting me waste your time. <laughs> in the fast forward button until you... Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're done. Thought not. Let's go ahead and have you land this carbonocopter copter at this high school. We are... <laughs> That's my desktop picture. I just clicked on my desktop. It's a picture of Zombies 3. They changed that wallpaper right away. Thought not land this carpenter copter at this high school. We're going to take a look at this story of a young girl. We're going to call her Jessica. She goes by the internet name Suitcase in her hand. She says that this story took place back when she was around 14 years old. The year is 2015. Her and her best friend, who we're going to call Madeline, while they were in high school, they were obsessed with Andy Warhol. Famous artist. Soup can man, Campbell soup dude, couple pictures of Elvis. I'm not a big Andy Warhol fan myself. <laughs> Was he in Zombies 3? 
I never really got the appeal. I know that he was trying to take like art and like consumer mass consumption images and to go, this is art. I, I like the endeavor, right? I like the idea. Maybe if I was alive back then. But now I'm just like, I, I don't hate the guy, right? <laughs> if you're already in ready to cancel your subscription, I don't hate the guy. I just am not a fan of the art that I've seen of his. But anyways, these two girls were. They loved Andy Warhol. They loved him so much, and often they would sit around dreaming about him. They're eating soup all the time. Mom's like, you guys really need to get some nutrients in you. Well, he didn't draw a vitamin, Mom. He he drew soup. They would sit around eating soup, and Jessica would say, man, I really wish I could have met Andy Warhol. And Madeline's like, I agree. I totally agree. Well, they start to get like obsessed with this idea of meeting Andy Warhol. And Jessica goes, we were also a bit of fans of the paranormal, so we believed in magic and stuff like that, so we decided to peanut butter and jelly this thing. What if we summoned the soul of Andy Warhol? So Jessica goes, I don't remember the exact ritual. I remember we got it online. We were, t- <laughs> we were typing in Andy Warhol summoning spells, and there's a huge list. She goes, I don't remember exactly what it was, but... We got this incantation, and then we built a shrine to Andy Warhol in my room. We had all these candles, and we had photos of Andy Warhol, and empty cans of soup. There's flies everywhere. And then they had, they actually did have soup cans. Now that I'm looking back on their note, I'm assuming they weren't opened. But anyways, they had uh, Polaroid cameras, because apparently that was a medium he used a lot, was Polaroid. Polaroid cameras, soup cans, pictures of him, notes written to him. So they're like, oh, dear Andy Warhol, I wish you weren't dead. Sincerely, Jessica. They had all this stuff. And they had a laptop playing footage of him on a loop. That's an interesting twist to a spell, right? I, You know, like, obviously all this magic was written before technology got to that level. But photographs are a big part of low magic, right? Basically, like, witchcraft, nature magic type of stuff where you have to have an icon of someone. Nowadays, you could have 24 hours of just continuous video footage of this subject that you're doing the spell on, right? It's pretty interesting. She said the entire room was dark, except for the candles and the desktop that was playing Andy Warhol doing the jig or something. I don't know exactly what he was doing. But they begin the ceremony. And as they're doing this, the flames are burning on the candle. Andy Warhol's doing the jig. They begin to recite the incantation. And she said, we were, weren't were just saying the incantation. We were focusing. We were trying to manifest him. And we were using basically the law of attraction. We had our intention set. We focused on manifesting him into the cut into our world, into my room. And they have their eyes closed and they're doing this incantation. And then Jessica said, all of a sudden, I start to feel this pressure. All around me, I start to feel a change in the atmosphere. She said it felt like hot and cold at the exact same time. Like loud and quiet simultaneously. It was just this completely different energy in the room. And she opened her eyes. And at that time, she sees her friend's face is locked in this gaze of horror. And so she turns and she goes to look to see what her friend is seeing. And there... Standing in the darkness of the room is Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol came back alive. <laughs> you didn't see that in the newspaper? You haven't been checking CNN? 
Andy Warhol's alive. They see Andy Warhol standing in the darkness, and I really like the way that she described this. She said, he was there for a moment, and he was incredibly bright. She said, what it looked like was if someone was standing in the dark, pitch black room, and someone snapped a photo of them with the flash on and how it illuminates them for a quick second. And she goes, I turn and I see him standing there and I see this this huge illumination effect. He's just blindingly bright. And then he fades away. Or he just disappears, actually. It's not like a slow fade. It's just gone. And at this point, Madeline's like screaming. She's freaking out. It was definitely like you wanted to see Andy Warhol, but at the end of the day, you realize you just summoned a spirit. And Jessica goes, I didn't scream. It wasn't even like a sense of fear when he was there. Obviously, you were startled. She goes, I didn't scream. I was actually just frozen in physical place. And my emotions, everything just were like muted. She actually felt, because Madeline wanted to leave the room, Madeline wanted to run away, Jessica felt that she needed to be closer to this now-gone figure. She goes, I know that he was gone, but I felt like I should be physically next to where he was. Like, move over there and stand where Andy Warhol just was. She goes, the whole thing felt like a dream. Now, Madeline did end up running out of the room, and she said shortly after this, we stopped hanging out with each other. Me and Madeline haven't been hanging out in a while. And to put it bluntly, she goes, I really haven't seen her in seven years. So I don't really know how she's doing. <laughs> she's been chopped up and stuck in a hundred soup cans. We don't actually know how Madeline's doing, but Jessica said, I'm doing fine. I'm actually doing better than fine. Um, you might want to visit my room nowadays, now that I'm an adult. I'm in my 20s now. Why don't you swing on by my house? She's obsessed with Andy Warhol now. Totally obsessed. You walk in. She has over 70 books on Andy Warhol. (laughs) I don't think I own 70 books, period. She has 70 books on Andy Warhol. She has a tattoo of Andy Warhol. That'd be alarming, right? You meet a pretty girl. (laughs) She has a face of a big old weirdo on her bicep. It'd be kind of alarming. She has a... Well, that's the least of your worries, actually. Then you go back to her house and you see her library of Andy Warhol books. She has a tattoo of Andy Warhol. She has autographs from Andy Warhol. She went to the Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh. And she said when she walked into the museum, she started to feel the same pressure that she felt when she was in the room the first time. She started to feel the energy change. And you could say, Jason, sure, I wouldn't necessarily say it's obsessed if you have 70 books on one person. <laughs> I haven't gone to the last part. But I would say you're pretty obsessed if you have 70 books on the same person. A tattoo of the person. And then all that other stuff. She actually has dirt from Andy Warhol's grave. That's obsessed with it. That's obsessed, right? I mean, like, I really like Zombies 3. I really like that movie. But I'm not going to be walking around in a in a Seabrook Shrimps football jersey. I definitely want to be carrying around dirt from the set of Zombies 3. You could be Jason. You're declaring one of America's greatest pop culture artists to a Disney Channel movie. Yeah, I like Zombies 3. And I'm not a huge fan of Andy Warhol. But anyways, it's, that's not the point. That's not the point. I, don't know, I can't get back on Zombies 3. I'll never stop. She has dirt from Andy Warhol's grave, and she goes, from time to time, the dirt's knocked over. And I kind of feel like it's Andy Warhol's ghost. 
knocking it over. I should add to that fact, going through her history, she has a cat. It might be the cat knocking over the dirt. But here's my here's my read on this story. I will give them the benefit of the doubt that they actually summoned Andy Warhol back to life. And then it disappeared in a flash, but I don't think it disappeared in a flash. I think that this girl, Jessica, is possessed by Andy Warhol. <laughs> that might be the dumbest thing I've ever said on the show, but hear me out. She summoned this guy. I mean, she before she was pretty obsessed before, right? But based on the, the narrative, like she didn't have the tattoo. She didn't have the dirt, as far as we can tell. She didn't go to the museum. <laughs> if you go to a museum of someone, you're going to get possessed by them. You didn't know that? We learned that in history class. You have this girl who's in love with this dude. Not necessarily romantically, right? But she's in love with this dude. And then she summons him. And then Andy Warhol, while he's there, he's like, yo... I'm going to be this girl now. And he's like in the body of this girl. Now, the thing would be is that maybe he doesn't have full control over her, right? Maybe she's like eating vegetables. He's like, no, no, you're supposed to be eating soup. Like maybe he doesn't have full control over her. Or maybe he does. Maybe Maybe Andy Warhol is such an egotist that... Now that he's in this girl's body, he just wants to look at stuff, look at stuff that he, people made of him. Autographs, I guess those are his, but he's like, oh, the sweet, <laughs> the sweet dirt of my grave. He's all rubbing it on himself. She's always walking around with dust on her cheeks. What if Andy Warhol possessed this girl? That's the best case scenario. That's the best case scenario. The, the, the worst case scenario is that Andy Warhol did not possess this girl, but something pretending to be Andy Warhol possessed this girl. We talked about this recently, I think it was on yesterday's episode, or the episode with the Haunted Album, where you'd have a dark creature like latch itself to you in the guise of something else. So maybe there was like a demon who was in hell and he heard like this incantation. He's like, who, who is Andy Warhol? I don't know. I'm going to go up there and, and be him. Maybe he's cool. And he shows up, the demon's like, ah, he realizes he's super lame. He's like, oh man, I thought this guy made Zombies 3. But it was too late. The zombie, the dinosaur, <laughs> the demon had already taken the form of Andy Warhol. And he saw how much this little girl loved him. So he's like affecting her life. He's basically like making her obsessed over some dead dude. And when you're obsessed with someone's accomplishments, do you have your own? You know, there's inspir- there's this source of inspiration, right? I can go look at the people who've inspired me over the years. And then I go on and do my own thing. I think that's the normal thing, right? You w- see someone, you're like, wow, dude, I wish I could be that cool. <laughs> I wish I was the first monster who went to college. And then that inspires you on your own journey. But people who become obsessed just don't do that. They're just constantly collecting and consuming Something from some, something that somebody else has created. There's nothing wrong with that, but you know the difference between obsession and admiration, or just simply liking a dude. Before it seemed to be like, yeah, we really liked Andy Warhol, and we wish we'd met him before. To his face is forever emblazoned on my body, and I have his dirt, dirt from his grave in my bedroom. Like you know what I mean? Like that's a bridge too far. So maybe this demon is actually draining her energy and only making her focus on the past instead of her own artistic endeavors or just having a life, right? Just having a normal life. It's a fascinating story. Is it true? We don't know, right? We really just have this one 
person's statement, but it's fascinating nonetheless. It does track what we know about these type of incantations, summoning spells, stuff like that. It does actually make sense. It's not completely, it's not completely outlandish, he said, as he talked about Andy Warhol possessing a young girl or something pretending to be Andy Warhol, which would be far worse. At least if Andy Warhol was in your body, I don't know, maybe you can make more soup. Maybe you could go get a job at the Campbell Soup Factory and work all the way up to CEO. And then <laughs> at that point, Andy Warhol's ghost flies out of her body and goes, you're all fired. I'm the soup king now. And they're like, ah. And all the other CEOs leave. And then it's just this ghost who's running the Campbell Soup Factory. Right? <laughs> That's reasonable. That's reasonable. But it, it also shows that the dangers of messing with this stuff so many times. People do this. I have a friend who just moved into a new house and she keeps saying, I hope it's haunted. I hope it's haunted. And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. And she's like, yeah, I hope there's a demon there. I hope it would be fun to get possessed. And I'm like, okay, now you're just nuts. Nah, it would be totally cool. I'm like, Maganya, knock it off. That's like, <laughs> what are you just even saying that? She wasn't saying it in jest. She wasn't saying it to rile me up. No, nah, it'd be so cool. It's dangerous stuff. People watch a couple movies and they read a couple books or they read some stuff online and they go, I can handle that. And it's the same thing. Like people watch Saving Private Ryan and go, I can do that. <laughs> I can get my face blowing off on a beach somewhere. You always see yourself as a hero. You always see yourself as the triumphant victor. But you're messing with dark, dark energy. And whether you're summoning forth one of the grand arch demons of hell or a pop artist from the 60s, you're dealing with dark energy. You're dealing with something that you shouldn't be messing with. The consequences could be something as basic as losing your friend and developing a lifelong obsession with a dead icon, or it could be life-altering events. After life-altering events, right? You get possessed so fully by a demon. What happens to your own soul? Terrifying story. Don't mess with dark energies unless you know what you're doing. And the reality is, no human. No matter how long they've been studying this, no human knows what they're doing when it comes to dark arts. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day.